you have your Bible this morning, please turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 6. Paul's been speaking to this church, a church that he's never seen face to face. And he talked about the last few times about how he had he had been beaten. He had suffered for the opportunity to tell them the things that he was going to tell them. You would think that when there's a, a good news about a God who loves people, how he sacrificed his son to save those people, that that would be news that people would want to hear and receive freely. Because also it demands everything and demands that Jesus is everything. People don't like that. And so Paul suffered even to get that message to them. <clears throat> we know also that in that suffering, he also had struggle. We saw last week about how even though he wasn't face to face with them, that he struggled in prayer for them, that he prayed and prayed and prayed that God would continue to open up their hearts and grow them in the maturity of their faith. And so now he's going to swing. We're starting to swing in this book. We always find that Paul starts his books talking about Jesus and the gospel and never leaves that as the foundation, but begins to swing towards what does this mean in your life? What do you do on a daily basis with that faith? <coughs> and so let's read in Colossians chapter two, verse six. This is the message. Therefore. As you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord. So walk in him. So Paul begins like this, assuming the fact that Jesus has come to you and you've received him because the scripture says for those who received him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He's assuming that he's now writing to children of God. And he says, if that's you, therefore, if you have received him, if you and I have come to that place of saying, Lord, Please save me. Please forgive my sins. And he's come and he's done that work of regeneration. If that happened to you, <coughs> then it has to go further. If you've received him, so walk in him. There's some great people in the scripture that says walks with the Lord. In the Old Testament, there's a couple guys mentioned. We know Enoch, the seventh one from Adam. Enoch walked with God, it says. And he was in this right relationship with him. And, and I don't know how people received him, but he was already at that time. The scripture tells us in the book of Jude, he was already prophesying about Jesus's second return, that he would come and destroy his enemies. And it's it's not far from the beginning. But this guy, Enoch, so loved God, it says that he walked with God and then God just took him, just took him. Also, Noah, you know, Noah. He lived in an awful generation. Everybody around, all they thought about all the time, constantly was evil in their hearts. They would uh, have violence towards one another. It was just totally, utterly wicked. But it says Noah was a righteous man, upright, and he walked with God. And so when Paul says, if you've received Jesus, so walk in him. He's asking you to be like Enoch, be like Noah, be like the others who have lived in faith before us, who not only prayed a, prayed a prayer for salvation, but because God did that actual work, they also walked with him. That's really his desire. When God came in and found Adam and Eve hiding in the bushes. What was he coming to do with them that day? Remember what it says? He came to walk with them. Even from the beginning, God wants people to be on journey with him, to be going along with him in life. Because he knows the best place for you to be is next to him. In stride with him, at pace with him. And he knows how easy it is for us to go walk somewhere else 
or with someone else and towards something that's not good for us. One of the things I've been doing lately because I've been having too many fellowship meetings here at Unity Church and put on a few pounds, but uh, you know, I've been starting to try to exercise more. And so um, Katie and I will get out and, and we'll get our, our shoes on, our exercise shoes. And I got my exercise shoes on here today. Um, these aren't the actual ones, but some of you who are older recognize these Chuck, Chuck Taylor All-Stars. Um, and, and it just coordinates my, my, my freedom look here with red, white, and blue. But, um, you know, we put on our, our, our active shoes and we go out for this walk. And one of the things that I love about going out on that walk is that when I'm walking out there, I am not walking alone. I'm walking with my wife. And I love that I'm walking with my wife because I have a great relationship with her. I love talking with her. And even better, when we're on the walk, I love having her talk because I can't walk and talk that walk at the same time. I'm out of breath. I want her to talk to me. So I, I love that I'm walking with Katie because we're sharing about life. We're discussing problems that I have and maybe that she has. We're discussing the kids. We're discussing work. We're discussing um, whatever it is. And we're talking and walking together. And I love that I'm in her presence, but I love that also in the midst of that exercise, that once we get to where we're going, guess what? She'll still be there. Our goal at the end of our walk is to end up back home where we'll be together. Our hope is that on the midst of that walk, as we're exercising, that'll help us be able to live together longer. We get to be together. And so there's something about walking with God where you're walking with him, but your goal is to also Go on to eternity with him that he's your goal. And the thing with Jesus is, is that he says, as we just sang in that song out of Psalm 119, 105, thy word, we're in his word, we're walking in this word. That's really what it's talking about is with him. Thy word is a what? Lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Because I got to be honest with you, sometimes when Katie and I get out on that walk, we're walking around and I mean, I'm exercising, I'm huffing, I'm puffing, I'm listening, I really am. Man, my eyes aren't seeing a thing sometimes. And there was one time we were walking along. I'm tired. Katie's tired. She's talking. And suddenly she goes and shoves me out of the way. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And it was important that she did. Just like Jesus lights our way, when we got somebody walking with us, they're watching out for us. And Katie knew that if I took one more step, my foot was going to go in dog doo doo. She was watching out for she was watching my path. Somebody had my back. And I'm thankful because these feet of mine are like magnets to that stuff. I don't know what it is, but Katie watches out for me. And the scripture says, if you receive Christ, so walk in him. Don't go off and wander in the world. Don't go think you can go on that trek alone. Don't think that something somebody else is going to be able to do it for you in your Christian life. If you want to continue on in faith towards what is good and right, stick with Jesus, who's right there with you. Stay with him. Let him light your way. Get into the word of God. Let him show you what life is about. Let him show you where you're going wrong. Let him show you when you're about to step in the you know what in life. Because he cares for you. He loves you. He doesn't want you in that garbage. He doesn't want your life to stink. He wants to fulfill you. 
And he wants your life healthy. And he wants you to know that at the end of the destination, you'll be home with him. So Paul's saying, don't just get started on this life of faith. Go on with Jesus. Walk with him. Exercise with him. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. But really getting into it. And then he says something like this. And verse 7 says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Now, I'm not a gardener, but again, Katie is. And I sit back and watch it. And a lot of times she and Doc will be sitting around here after church talking plants. And I try to listen in. And get. And one thing I've learned just kind of on the outside, I don't have a green thumb, but I, I kind of listen to the ones who do. But they keep talking about how they get these plants and maybe they'll get them from Pete and they'll get these plants and and they'll say, now, what is the best way to make this thing grow the way it's supposed to? And one thing I've learned from listening to Pete and Doc and Katie. Is that the roots are important. And you would think I'd know that, but the care for the roots, the way to take them and to make sure that Katie's always talking about how, you know what, this one, I think something wrong. The pot's too small. I got, I got to make sure that it's rooted right. I need to make sure that it's rooted in good soil. I need to make sure that in order for it to be continuing to grow healthy on the top, it's got to be rooted and built up from the bottom. We've got to strengthen the roots. It needs to be established. It needs to have what it needs to have at the bottom so that it's healthy. So what we want in the fruit at the top is something that we want to eat or something that we want to look at. Gardeners know that. And I think Jesus went out into the Garden of Eden. I think he went out in all creation. And when God said, I want there to be an apple tree there and I want over there, I want there to be a rose bush. And right there, I want that to be a coffee plant, which is the best plant of all. I want all these plants. I don't want them just to have great roots and I don't want them just to have good fruit. I want that when people look at them, they want their lives to be healthy like those. I think Jesus put all the plants in all creation because you see Jesus constantly talking about plants. Throughout scripture, we see him talking about plants. And he always talks about their roots. And if you don't have that thing rooted in the right place, or you don't have it in good soil, if you're not feeding it, if you're not watering it, if it's not, then don't you ever expect fruit at the top. Don't you ever expect blooms that are going to look beautiful if you're not rooted, built up and established from the bottom. So let me ask you something about your life. So I want all the blessings that God has to give me. I want my life to be beautiful. I want it. How do your roots look? You, you, you go back and account for your last week. And let me ask you, what were you rooted in this week? I want you to be. You don't need to be honest with me. Be honest with yourself. Where were your thoughts rooted this week? Were they rooted in all just the politics? Game shows? Donuts? I mean, our minds, our hearts, they could be rooted in so many other things just over the course of a week that we can understand that here I am trying to say, yeah, I want all this bloom for Jesus when this whole last week I haven't once maybe been rooted in him, built up in him established and firm why would we ever expect good fruit for jesus if during the week and i'm not i'm not rooted in him doc and katie and pete wouldn't expect that out of plants 
Paul is saying, man, walk with him, but also be rooted in him. If you want to be healthy, you've got to be rooted. And he goes on here to finish up and says this. That's just as you were taught. And abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. One of the key elements of thanksgiving is this. You have to have your eyes open. If you have your eyes closed to what's going on in your life, I'm not, I'm not talking about literally having your eyes closed all the time. I'm talking about the, the eyes of your heart looking at your life and not recognizing that Jesus is at work. You will miss the things to thank him for. Now, I know it's easy to come and, and list off things like, Jesus, thank you for my house. Jesus, thank you for my car. Jesus, thanks for my kids where you will find the greatest sign of maturity in your faith walk, your faith journey is this. When you go and listen to people that you know who have grown up and they have a strong faith, you will find the sign of the maturity of their faith is that when they come to give thanksgiving to God, they're not necessarily thanking God for their car, their house, or just their kids. You find that they are overflowing with the thanksgiving of God's mercy and his grace. Just the fact that God Almighty, a holy God, would look at them who is a sinner and say, I love you and I'm not going to put wrath upon you. And I sent my son to save you. And the mature of faith, the ones who have walked with Jesus, the ones who are rooted in him and find themselves in the word of God and in prayer, they come into the maturity of their faith. And even though they're thankful for the car and they're thankful for the food, what they're most thankful for is, if, is that God has not left them god has not destroyed them that he continues to give his grace and mercy they just they just are overwhelmed with thanksgiving and our eyes need to be trained in order to become people who are full of thanksgiving we have to we have to say god would you help me to know even what you're doing in my life i understand you've given me all these things He'll begin to show you just how wicked your heart was in the last week when you rooted at other things. And then you come and say, Lord, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for how I idolized those things. I'm so sorry for how I worshiped those things. I'm so sorry for how selfish I was. And then God comes to you and says, hey, I forgive you. And the mature believer with spiritual eyes who recognizes that will say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that he delivered me from evil. Thanks be to God that he has saved me from sin. Thanks be to God that he has ensured that I won't go to hell. Thanks be to God that I am one who gets to walk in not my own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what ends up happening? When you're walking in Jesus, you're rooted in him, built up and established and all that you've been taught. But you go on and you've you've learned a life of thanksgiving. It just keeps cycling. It propels you back into that walk. So you're walking in and recognizing what Jesus is doing in your life. That means this next week you're saying, how can I be rooted in Jesus rather than being rooted in the world? It helps you in the next week to go where you're supposed to go. When you're giving thanksgiving. And as you open up your eyes to what God is doing, let me tell you this. Get ready for an awesome but crazy battle. I opened up by saying, when I go walking, I put on athletic shoes and maybe, maybe things like this. But when God is talking about walking with him, it is less 
of a pleasure walk all the time where it's just like an amusement park with some gym shoes on. And it's more like Paul describes in another book of Ephesians when he says, okay, let me tell you about this. We are not struggling against flesh and blood. We are struggling against powers and principalities and authorities in the spiritual realm. So let me tell you what to do. Because that is our struggle and because it's a spiritual thing, you need to be dressed for battle. This is not a pleasure walk. This is a battle. How am I supposed to go into the next week walking like it's a skip when I'm actually walking to war? He goes on and describes all the things in Ephesians chapter 6 as you dress in the armor of God. And one of the things he says is, put on shoes for this battle. In fact, the way he describes them says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. So when you're putting on shoes, getting ready for battle. It says, go back to the gospel. Remember how good this book is, because that readies you for what's about to come. And when you're ready for what's about to come, you walk in the next day knowing it's going to be a battle. Something's there, but you walk into that place with peace. And that's going to be great. And then the circumstances come. And even if it's a bad circumstance, you give thanks because you know the Lord's working through it. This last week, Wednesday, I woke up just like any normal Wednesday. On Wednesdays, Katie is doing Lee's produce deliveries. So she loads up the blue van and I've got the kids and I do a lot of my reading and studying at home that day and preparing for Wednesday night. And so I was at home as a normal Wednesday. Katie's out on her deliveries. And uh, get this phone call from Katie. She and Naomi are out on deliveries and she says, ah, the van's sounding weird. Weird lights are blinking on the dash and it's it's changing gears real rough. I don't I don't know what's going on there. Just if I need you, I'll call you. We'll maybe we'll exchange cards, get a call five minutes later from Katie. She says, "Okay, now the car's not working at all. The van is in the parking lot at the gas station in Smithfield. Can you come and trade out and do this and that? I said, sure. And what was interesting is I think I think the Lord had readied me. I'd been reading for Wednesday night, doing all that and getting ready. But I think the Lord had readied my feet. I think I was walking into this. The Lord, the Lord had me just at peace. So I drive to Smithfield and and we change out cars and Katie goes on to deliver the rest of the produce. And I sit there and I'm I'm waiting for the tow truck driver. And of course, they're not on time, so I waited a whole another hour. But the whole time, I mean, I was able to, to read my Bible. I was able to rack, uh, practice my Spanish on my iPhone and all the other stuff that I can do while I'm just sitting there. So finally, the tow driver comes, and he, he waves at me, and he backs up, and he, he pulls the car, the van onto the thing, and, and we get going on the road. I'm riding with him over to the Wood Brothers and Benson. So we've got from Smithfield to Benson. And still, I mean, I don't know what's coming with this van. I have no idea. I mean, it's an electrical issue. It could be anything. We're riding in the van, and still, the Lord just, peace. It's okay. So we get in the van. We're, I'm driving with this guy. And I'm asking him, I have no idea about the tow truck business. I don't know anything. I'm like, how do you get paid? How often do you work? This and that and the other. And he's telling me a little bit about his story. He, he says this. He says, actually, about 
two, three weeks ago, I got a police call, which means the police had an accident somewhere and he needed to come and, and help out. It was up on uh, 95. He says, I got a police call. So I got in my truck and I zipped over there and he said there had been a car that had rolled over on 95 three times and ejected the passenger out there in bad shape. So he's driving his tow truck. I mean, he's these things all the time. He's, he's driving, he gets to the scene of the accident and realizes it was his wife. She was done up real bad. Punctured lungs, this, that, and the other. Her pain was so bad, they sedated her. She was out for a week, off in the hospital. And I was like, is she going to make it? He says, yeah, she's doing real well. Well, I begin to talk to him more, and, and you, I, I say, I, I think the Lord's just working in this. I, I know I understand it's a, it's, a, it's a wreck and everything. He says, yeah, I, I think so, too. I th- like, something's going on there. So we finally make it to the Wood Brothers, and I'm so sad because it's like, I don't think we've had enough time. We only had from Smithfield to Benson. That's it's not enough time to be talking about the Lord with this guy. I hadn't even told him I was a pastor at this time. We get to the Wood Brothers, and he's offloading the truck. I tell, I tell Danny, I said, you need to pray. For, something's going on with this man. And the, guy, the man says, hey, um, if you need, I'll, I'll give you a ride back to Four Oaks. I'm headed up that way. I can just drop you off. I said, that's okay. My wife, my wife said she'd come pick me up. And uh, suddenly the Lord was like, no, I want you to take the ride with the man. I want you to ride with the tow truck driver. So I call Katie. I said, it's okay. The guy said, I'll take the ride. I go back to the guy and I said, yeah, I would love that ride. If it's not too much trouble, you can just go drop me in Four Oaks. He says, sure. And, and then uh, Shelly and Landon show up in, in the Lee's Produce van. And uh, they say, what, what's going on? I said, the van broke down. This tow truck driver, the Lord's doing something. And, and Shelly says, well, we can give you a ride back to Four Oaks if you need to. And, and man, I wanted to take that ride because they're my friends. I mean, that would be a real comfortable ride. Um, even though I'd be sitting with a bunch of produce boxes, but it'd be a real comfortable ride back with Shelly and Landon back to Four Oaks. And um, I almost took it, and then I was like, no, wait a second. I think I told Shelly, I said, I need to take this ride with this guy. I think, I think the Lord is doing something in this man. And Shelly just kind of had that, I, I get it. I understand what's going on. So now I got two believers with me praying for this man. So I get back in the van, uh, the truck with the guy, and we, we head back to um, Four Oaks. We're riding along, and um, I said, man, I just can't get over the fact that I think the Lord is at work in your life. And I begin to talk to him and, and just ask him questions. And the Lord just, I mean, I don't even know how to explain the whole thing where the Lord just opened up this guy. I mean, this guy, had, I mean, he's a manly man, you know. And he had had a rough life, you know. He had abandoned a, a, a religious family, had gone off and, and, and uh, moved to St. Louis. He had joined Hell's Angels. Uh, he was riding, I mean, a, a rough life. And yet he said, I realize that the Lord's doing something through my wife's accident. And I said, you know what? I, I realize the Lord's doing th- something through my van breaking down. I said, I believe the Lord's put us in this cab together so we could talk about Jesus. I'd love to talk to you more about him. And there the Lord just suddenly in the midst of this battle, this was a battle going on really, put the opportunity right there to tell this man about Jesus. And the man, it was like he couldn't get enough. And we pulled up in front of our house talking another five, ten minutes about the Lord. And I said, 
buddy, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? And I, I please, please do. We stopped and we prayed. We got done praying to the Lord, and, and he looks up on his little computer, and he says, is, is this your number right here, such, 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 such? I said, yeah, that's, that's me. He said, can I call you sometime? I said, you can call me anytime. Here's my card. It's all my contact info. You get a hold of me anytime. I said goodbye, and he goes off. And I get out of the car, and Elijah and Jude had come out, and they had sat on the, the driveway like, why is dad just sitting in that truck? But then as I got out, Elijah says, um, you were telling that man about Jesus, weren't you? I said, yeah. I said, how could you do that? He said, you kept going like this, <laughs> like you were pumping your heart. You were getting real into that about Jesus. I know that. I know that about you, dad. And I, I'm thankful because I didn't know that was coming that day. Neither did that guy. That guy didn't know that his wife was going to be turned over in that car and thrown out, but he could recognize the Lord was using it. He was actually using it to heal some of the relationships in their family. He was using it to actually come after that man's heart. He was using it so that that guy could understand that him either driving or walking, whatever he was doing in life, was failing, that he needed the grace of Jesus, and it was sweet to him, and he wanted more. And I thank the Lord. Because it encouraged my faith. It caused me to want to go root more into Jesus. To be built up in him. To go give him thanksgiving. You have no idea what's going to happen when you get into your car and go. You may be one on the rollover. You may be the one who spiritually is like a tow truck arriving to somebody who's in desperate need. You may be the one who is through a mechanical failure in your car. Or through the loss of jobs going on at the bank. Or through whatever's going on at camp. Or the death calls or whatever's going on. You have been put in a strategic position to tell people about Jesus. But if you're not walking with Him. If you're not rooted into Him. If you're not constantly aware of His grace and mercy. You may miss that opportunity. To not only be a blessing, but also be blessed. To not only share Jesus, but recognize that whole time when you're ministering, Jesus was right there with you, guiding your light or guiding your path with his light. That's when it comes into real life. Now, I don't know about you, but I just get encouraged by that little verse. Walk in him, rooted, built up, all that, given thanksgiving. But it started with something that says, if you've received him. I don't know everybody exactly where you're, honestly, I don't know where everybody's at with the Lord in here. But you can't go and walk, you can't be rooted, you can't give thanksgiving if you've never received him. If you don't know Jesus, then all that other stuff is just futile action. You must have a heart change that happens with Jesus coming and showing you that you're a sinner. Showing you that the only way for you to be saved is because he paid for your sin by his death on a cross. And knowing that when he extracts you out of sin and death, that he then places you into his life and you get to live with him. You get to walk with him. You get to grow in him. You get to give him thanksgiving because he's been utterly awesome to you. And so you must receive him. So this morning, my, my prayer for you is that if you don't know Jesus, that even today, you would say, 
Lord, I just want to receive you. And that he would do the miracle of that work in your heart that only he can do. This morning, we're going to close with a few songs. And this is your opportunity. If, if you've never received him, this is your opportunity to say, Lord, would you just save me? Let him do that work in your heart. And if, he, if you have received him, it's also an opportunity for you to say, okay, Lord, I just put aside all that sin, all that's got me tangled, and I want to walk on with you. I need to be rooted in you. I need to be struggling. I need to be suffering, however you want, but I, I need to be with you. And then give him thanks for everything. And this morning, yeah, it could be all the, the things that you've got. But most of all, be thankful for the one whom you're with. Be thankful for Jesus.